Hello, welcome back to Unknown and Talented. My name is Jalon Abrams, and we have a talented playwriter. Her name is Brandy. She's the best in Maryland. And hello, welcome to the show. Hey, Jalon. Nice to see you. Uh, nice to finally meet you. We've been, you know, chatting between Twitter and Instagram, and we've never actually had a conversation. So it is kind of cool to actually have you sit down and talk. Yeah, you're like my um, IG friend in my head. <laughs> yeah, it counts. It counts. IG friend, Twitter friend, whatever you want to call it. But you know, today I want to talk about you. You are a playwriter. You're getting flew out to do your plays and stuff. How's that experience? That was really fun. Um, it's unusual, especially when you're kind of just starting out. That particular um, experience. It was a festival called um, Shine, illuminating Black voices. And the focus of the festival was to highlight stories about African-American people in Appalachian areas throughout the United States. So we all submitted different works, different playwrights from all over the country submitted different work. And they picked, I think, um, maybe eight of us to have our work featured um, out in Abington, Virginia which is right on the Tennessee border. So they flew us out and put us up and yeah, the show was great. It was so fun. Like I came back on a whole high from it. I'm wow. still on a high from it. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. So, so, so how, how was that feeling of having something you created? I'm pretty sure you probably create in your, your house or do you, where do you create at? I write everywhere. I mean, I'm mostly right at home, but I'll go to coffee shops and bars and stuff like that too. Um, okay. But I write everywhere. Yeah. Okay. So how's that experience of being, let's say for your house, for example, you're at home writing something and then you're going out and seeing people perform it. The crowd is listening to it. How is that feeling? So at first it's scary. Like the first time it happens. It, so for a lot of playwrights, when you first start out and you submit your work, you don't have a lot of say or control over the process once you put the work out. So for example, I did a show, I won't say where I did a show, but I did, I did, I've done a few different shows in a few different states and like every theater works differently. So some of them will say, um, you know, we're going to take your work and we're going to cast it. We're going to hire the directors. We're going to hire the actors and like, that's it. Others will bring you on and want you to be more involved in the process. You have more say in, in the casting and you know you can make sure that your voice is heard and that the tone is right but it depends like theater to theater so i remember like one of the first plays that i did i, I was so new to it i was just like okay they you know they picked my work and i showed up at the theater and i hated it like i hated it so much i was like what is this what have you done to my work but um you know, once you kind of like get your feet wet a little bit, you know where to assert yourself and how to articulate yourself and say, hey, I'd like, you know, to contribute a little bit or I'd like to like sit in on a couple of rehearsals, you know what I mean? So that you can make sure that your vision is seen, you know what I mean? Or at least they understand like what the tone and the whole vibe of the work is. So, you know, you learn as you, as you go. Yeah. Wow, that's sure. that's weird. Cause, Cause I'm just thinking about creating. Cause I was music producer. I'm thinking about creating, and I think about like a rapper getting on yeah. it, and then it sounds terrible. I'm just like, I'm not putting this out. I'm not putting my name on yeah. it. Like, 
do whatever you want with it. So I feel you on that. It's like you created something, you have a vision for it, and then it's just totally different. Yeah. So in in that situation, was it just the actors? Was it the director? Like pretty much what was about that? I mean, well, pretty much what happened in that situation where you was like, all right, no, we're not doing this no more. So it, let me say this. It wasn't that it was so terrible. It wasn't a bad production. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't what I had in my head for the show. Um, I think that, especially like as a black woman, as a black writer, there's a lot of like nuance in my work. There's, um, you know, you know how you can sit in a room, let's be real, like full of black people. And if I make a joke, y'all get the joke. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, if you have yeah. the historical knowledge, you get the joke. But if you put that same joke in front of a, a whole other group of people, it goes over their heads. They don't get the joke. So that's what happened is that there were parts in the play that should have hit a certain way that I could tell the director didn't get the joke or didn't get the point I was trying to make. So the way she directed the actors was not fitting what I would have wanted them to do. And I know that I know this because the same I've had the same play produced at other theaters and they were right on it. You know what I mean? Um, but that happened, you know, and that's not unique. That's not unique to me, you know, at all. I've heard other playwrights describe the same experience. I've heard people like, like the Giants, like August Wilson, talk about him seeing shows and him not liking his productions, you know. And he's a giant and his stuff has been, I mean, he's, you know, long gone, but like his stuff has been produced everywhere, you know. And I remember seeing interviews where he was like, I hated that show. Or, I love that show, you know, and it's the same work. Oh, yeah. Wow. So so just speaking on like black playwriters, who are your favorites? I can talk about this all day. Let's Girl. go. We got all day. We um, got all day. <laughs> so it changes. But right now, August Wilson will always be um, one of the top. Um, I read. I'm studying his work now. He did a whole um, it's called the American Century Cycle, where he wrote 10 plays and each represented a different decade. Um, and they like represented different aspects of the black experience. So um, I study his work. He's inspiring to me because he um, never finished high school. He didn't get his MFA in playwriting. You know what I mean? He didn't go to college at all. He was completely self-made, um, taught himself the craft. And um, although I have a background in film, I went to film school, um, but I didn't study playwriting. Um, and I'm coming into the game a little bit later. I'm not 20. You know what I mean? Y'all need to worry about how old I am, but <laughs> you are young. You are young. L -l Listen, we, we have this conversation all the time. <laughs> She's young, beautiful. Come on now. No, I'm not, I'm not embarrassed at all. I'm in my forties, my early forties. And so, looking good, looking good. Well, thank you. But that's late to come into the game. You know what I mean? Um, and so like, he's really, he's an inspiration for those reasons. Cause he, you know, he didn't come into it the traditional um, formulaic way. So he's, he's a writer that I respect a lot. Um, and then you're great. It's like Lorraine Hansberry, um, Pearl Clay. There's a writer named um, Stephen Adley Gerges and he's a contemporary writer and his stuff is like very unapologetic and like in your face and really like foul mouth you know like he says what he wants to say you know very um very new york you know um i just like writers that are really honest 
and really raw and aren't afraid to tell their story. Like they're not hiding or that you can tell they're not like altering their word to fit a certain audience or to make people comfortable. They're talking about exactly what they want to talk about. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't, you know. Yeah, so those are the yeah. No, I, I like that. I like that. And I like how you have a lot of knowledge on it. It wasn't just one person. I've never heard about it because I'm not into playwriting, mm-hmm. but you're just very knowledgeable about it. But what what made you start? Because, you know, if somebody that knowledgeable, you probably were following it for a while. What was that day you were just like, all right, I'm going to start making plays? I've always written. It's the one thing. Um, I mean, since I was a kid, I've always just written, 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 but it's just been different things. So you know, when I was a kid, I used to write short stories all the time. Then when I got older, like when I was in college, I started doing um, poetry, like slam poetry. I used to perform my okay. poems and stuff like that. Okay. Um, and then because I went to film school, I wrote screenplays a little bit, but was not good at it. Screenplays and stage plays are different. They just, it's a different feeling. They, I, they weren't good. I've, I've read some of my old ones and I was like, girl, whew, those are rough. But <laughs> um, and then I just, you know, I put it away. Like I always wrote like as a hobby or as kind of like a, like a cute little like therapeutic thing to do. And then um, I started writing theater reviews. I've always loved plays and I wanted to figure out how can I go see a lot of plays and not spend a lot of money. <laughs> and so I found out that if you were, if you review plays, you can get comp tickets. So I used to write reviews basically because I just wanted free tickets. And so I would go to six, seven, eight shows a month and review the shows and I'd write the reviews. And then what started happening was I was like, I don't want to be the person writing about the show. I want to be the person writing the show. You know what I mean? I would come out and have all these ideas for stories. And I was like, this, the reviews are not fulfilling to me. So then I just started writing on my own. You know, I just started playing around with it and, um, there was one day I saw on Instagram, um, the Southern Repertory Theater of Louisiana had a contest um, where you could submit a short piece. And um, if you if selected, they would do a reading of your work. So I wrote a piece. It was only like 10 minutes. And I was like, this is terrible. They're not going to pick it. And then lo and behold, they did. And then once I saw that, like, like once I got a reaction to my work, I was hooked after that. I just started writing like crazy so ever since wow. i've been writing and that was maybe two years ago year and a half mm-hmm. oh wow so that's oh you're really recent okay yeah. that's fun that's now that's that's definitely exciting you had a lot of different points there so i remember you saying when you were in film school you were bad at it were you saying the screenplay or the stage play which one were you bad at i hadn't even tried stage plays but screen I, my, okay. because i was in film my focus was on screenplays Okay, so what's the difference um, between those for two? For me, I mean, other people might say something else. For me, I really like that with a stage play, it's a lot more concentrated. So like you could write a whole story that's set in two locations, in a living room and a kitchen. I can manage that. You know what I mean? A, a screenplay, it can be all over the place. You know what I mean? There's, you know, you know what I mean? It's bigger. For me, it's bigger. Um, and I had a hard time sort of wrapping my head around that. And I think that with theater, my the way that I write is more um, lyrical. And I think that style lends itself to playwriting more than screenplays. You know what I mean? Kind of 
in 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 screenplays, yes, there are monologues, but you don't really hear people break off in, you know, so quiet monologues about things. Plays that happens all the time, you know. So it just my style stage plays spoke more to my style of writing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So what is your what is your goal for? You know, I know you just started a year and a half ago, two years. What is your goal? Because I've looking at different award shows. They have the Tony Awards. Is that for plays. Tony's right? is big. Tony's is like big. Okay. Like the equivalent of the Oscars, but for stage. You know. Okay. So so what is your goal? What do you think you can go? Even though you are late starter, you know, what's your goal? What do you think? Where? How far do you think you could take this? I'm. I want to take it as far as I could possibly take it. As far as I'm okay. concerned, you're going to see me on the Tony's. Thank you very much. Um, okay all right but no but i mean more practically i want to get produced regionally dc has um a really large theater market um and it takes some work to get produced on the main stages in dc theater so i'd like to get to that point um you know or if i'm a fully produced uh playwright in the area and i'd like to see where i can take it short term i want to try and get some residencies and fellowships um, in this area and in New York, if I just, I just want to like establish my name and sort of build up my name and build up my reputation is what I'm working okay. towards right now. Okay. So, so explain that. Cause we we're, we're talking to people that probably know nothing about plays or they're really into plays. What do you mean by you getting residencies in New York and Maryland? What are, what are those things? What is the process of those? I mean, they're just great ways to get noticed and to get your work seen and to get it workshop. So like, let's say I write a full length play. Now, what do you do with it? your goal is you ultimately want it produced, right? You want it on stage. But um, what you can do is you can apply for different fellowships and residencies. And what that will do is help you to hone and develop your work. It'll put you in the company of directors and other writers and producers and actors who will workshop your play. So you'll dissect it. You know what I mean? You'll make it better. You'll do readings of it. You'll do workshops of it. And you'll, you'll make it the strongest play you can possibly make it so that you increase your chances of it getting produced professionally. Um, you know, and then you can get it produced, you know, off, off Broadway, you can get it produced in somebody's, you know, black box theater, and then you can get feedback um, and just continue to develop and hone the work. Yeah, it's just a good way to build your craft. And it's also a good way to build community. You need to know people, you know, um, you need to have relationships. So it's a good way for you to build your relationships in theater that way. No, you're absolutely right. It's crazy. I just recently had an episode talking about talking to strangers where you have to grow like that. You can't stay in your one box because you don't really learn anything. You can learn from so many different things. Yeah. Uh, um, but what, so what's the one thing you've learned from your community of poets? Not poets. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. Playwriters. Um, well, I'll tell you, like, for example, when I did the show in Virginia, we had uh, they held a dinner for all the playwrights. So it was all the playwrights. It was um donors it was people on the board you know all of us you know gathered together so we just talked and talked and talked and i've learned that like everybody's process is different there really is no one way to go about getting your work done or getting it put out there it's that's the beautiful thing about theater but it's also the really tricky thing about theater so what i mean by that is like let's say you get five playwrights in a room and you're like how did you get on? How'd you get put on? You'll get five completely different answers. Versus let, let's say you get five nurses in a row and you're like, how did you become a nurse? You're going to hear five really similar stories. We went to school. We studied this. We, you know, because it's the path is more like clearly laid out for you. 
But when you want to do something artistic, there's just all these different ways to do it. So when I was at the dinner, that's what we talked a lot about. It was like, well, how did you get involved in it? And some, one person would be like, you know, I got my MFA um, in playwriting. Another person would be like, well, I didn't get my MFA, but I went to undergrad and studied playwriting. Or so, someone like me is like, I didn't study at all. I'm just, I just picked up a pen and started writing, you know? So it's everyone's process is different. Um, and there's just like all these different unique ways to go about honing your craft, which I think is really cool. You know, there's the, it, it just opens you up. Like it, you don't feel confined. You know what I mean? There's just so many different ways you can go about it, which I think is pretty cool. Okay. And hearing all these people saying they have M, I, I totally forgot the ML. MFA. MFA. Yeah, Master of Fine Arts. Okay, so then they have that and they also went to undergrad. Do you feel like uh, inferior to them because they have that and you're in that room? Do you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not as good as them or do you feel just as good as them? You know, if I were younger, I would have felt um, in my, had this had this been going on, if I picked this, if I started to do this in my 20s, I might've felt intimidated. I think mm. I have enough life experience under my belt and I've been through some things, I've lived some stuff. That yeah. doesn't intimidate me. I my perspective okay. on just life and like the different phases you go through. Like, you know how many friends I have who um came out of undergrad and were like, I'm gonna be a lawyer. You know what I mean? And they came out and they did it. And then they turned 45 and they were like, I don't wanna be a lawyer anymore, I wanna be a teacher. And they completely started over. You know what I mean? We're all in different phases. So I don't find it um intimidating because I, I have real confidence in my abilities and in my talent. You know what I mean? You can get all the training you want, but if you, if you can't write, you can't write. You know what I mean? You can read 10,000 plays, but if you can't write, it's just not going to happen. And I believe that this is my like God-given gift. You know what I mean? I feel like it's my talent. So I might be a little bit more rough around the edges than someone who's got their MFA. Um, but I feel like the ability is there, you know, and the talent is there. So, okay. Yeah. So you talked, you talked about confidence. We don't, well, this, I know I'm new for this show, but uh, it's good to have women on the show. So how do you build that confidence? Let's say you're talking to your 20 year old self or your 30 year old self. How would they build confidence? Not just in plays, just in life in general. Live your life and not worry about what everyone else is doing. You know what I mean? Not worry about comparing yourself to other people. Um, focus on your craft, like whatever it is that you want to do, get really good at it. It's hard to shake a person when you know what you're talking about. You know, I get nervous if I walk into spaces and I know I haven't really done my homework, or if I know you might be able to ask a question that'll throw me, then my confidence is a little bit shaky. But if I know I've done my work, okay, bring it, say whatever you're going to say, and I'll be able to handle it and I'll feel confident, you know? And we're all just people. Everybody's just Everybody just wants to do well. Everyone wants to be somebody. Everyone's finding their their way. We're just people. You know what I mean? Like, what are you getting intimidated for? That's just another person that's sitting next to you. You know, um, I wish I had recognized that when I was in my 20s, because I think it took me a long time to kind of um, to not walk into spaces and feel intimidated and feel quiet and feel weak or feel like I didn't like earn my seat at the table you know what I mean now I'm like I'm I'm here just like you you know what I mean I have opinions just like you I have abilities just like you so 
you just walk into it and you like do the work. And I think that helps to build your confidence, you know, just like you're doing with this podcast. You know what I mean? Like you're, you know, I've seen your, I've seen it. It was never, I've never seen it be bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I've seen like a progression where I was like, oh, that was like a, a tight transition or I like that edit. You know what I mean? So like, you're like getting better and better and better. That should be building your confidence. You know what I mean? And so I just think you just keep doing the work and it speaks for itself. And then people will react to that too. Like people will see it and will respond to it. And I think that helps to feed your confidence as well, you know, because people can see when you're putting in the work. Yeah, no, no, I love it. I love, I love that answer. That's a great answer. That might be a real, so you, you'll see that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I have, a, I have another question on that. So you are extremely confident as we can tell. Do you ever put like any of your life in your place? All the time. All yeah, the time. Really? To the point where I'm like a little bit nervous. A piece that I'm working on now. I mean, everything is a is a fictional version of my life. Nothing is direct. Nothing is you know direct experience. But um, yeah, I use lots of of my life experience. Like the piece that I'm working on touches on um, family and like tricky dysfunctional family dynamics. And I love my family, but they're kooky as hell. So. Um, you know, uh, the piece I'm working on, it talks about that, you know. Um, you write what you know. Not everything, though. It kind of, like, it annoys me when people are, like, if I say something in my play and they'll be like, oh, that happened to you. I'm like, not everything that I say in a piece has happened to me. You know what I mean? But sometimes, sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what's the what's the craziest, craziest story you put in a play that you said, I, I probably shouldn't have done it, but you did it anyway? Um, come on, you, I'm saying you put it out already, so come on. <laughs> um, I wrote a piece about eavesdropping, okay. um, where my it was a neighbor that I knew, and so like I don't know if she ever caught on to the fact that I was talking about her, but she used to talk really loud. Like I'd have my window open, and I could hear her whole conversation. And so the the piece was about neighbors eavesdropping um, on one another. And I used some of what she talked about in the play. <laughs> like some of her like family drama, I used it in the play. Um, yeah, yeah. And then I made the mistake of telling her, I was like, yeah, my play is, and I did the show. I was like, you should see it. And I was like, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. But she didn't say anything. She never said anything yeah. to me like, girl, you listen to me. Like she never said that. But um, yeah. With writers, you, I think you have to be a little bit careful because we are listening. <laughs> We're listening to your stories and sometimes we will take, um, you know, what you say and it might be, it might serve as some inspiration for what you write. A lot of writers do that for sure. Okay. Well, you transitioned, you transitioned right into my next comments, my next question. So what inspires you to write? Like when you, like say right now, you get off this call, you sit down, like where do you start to try to get a play together? Ideas come from everywhere. Like some, like I said, sometimes I might be out somewhere and I'll overhear a conversation and they may say one line, they may say one sentence that I'm like, oh, okay. And I'll write it down. Um, and then I'm like, okay, I'll go back to it and visit it in some kind of way. Um, like I said, a lot of my own personal experience, my life experience, um, I'll draw from, from that. I draw from everywhere. Sometimes I'll look on Instagram, you know what I mean? And I'll see what people are talking about. Um, 
I, I, I've been doing that a lot more lately because I'm trying not to be like an old lady who's not current, like <laughs> who doesn't have any idea of what's going on around her. So sometimes I'll look and I'll see like what's of interest to people, like what's everyone talking about. And I'll write down ideas based on that, you know? So I pull from, from everywhere. Sometimes I'll hear a song and that'll make me think of something, you know? Yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. Um, so I have well, we we gonna move a little bit away from plays. When uh -huh. I think about plays, I always I always think about like movies because I think about like Tyler Perry because he started off making plays and then he went into movies as well. I know you said you're not really into play uh, screenwriting, but what's like one of your favorite movies? One of my favorite movies. Um, I have lots of lots of movies. For some reason, I think because I just saw this movie again. Um, do you know Five Hundred Days of Summer? Do that movie. It's um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. You have to look it up. 500 Days of Summer. Okay. Oh my gosh, okay. Don, you have to watch it because it's it's like a relationship movie. And I, I would actually love to know what you think about this movie. But it's about um, this guy who meets a girl and they get into, they, they meet and sort of fall in love, sort of. Mm -hmm. And it's just like the yeah. anatomy of their relationship, like how it starts, how it ends, what happens in between. But I like it because of the way that it's constructed. Like they start at one particular day and then it'll like fast forward 20 days ahead and then like rewind 20 days back. Like it just, it goes all over the place. It's just the, the setting of it, the format of it is really, really interesting. I like that movie a lot. Um, there's this movie called In Bruges with um <laughs> like girl i'm like, sorry oh, <laughs> regular movie, please um with colin farrell and it's uh about these two guys who are hitmen and one actually gets hired to kill the other like they're partners but then one gets hired to kill the other what was that movie called in again? rouge Oh, no, no. I was thinking about another movie. Never mind. I, I was thinking of, like, I think it's Heat, I think, where they're, like, partners, but they ended up killing each other. That kind, yeah. Like that. I, I, I know yeah. the movie you're talking about, but I haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And then I like, okay, like, I like Love Jones. Okay. I love, I like the movie, too. Yeah. Movie. Um, and that's more just, that's more nostalgic for me, because that came out when I was in college, maybe. I don't know, college. And I was very into spoken word and, you know, I was that girl that was at the little lounges and the nightclubs doing, you know, slam poetry and stuff. So it's nostalgic um, for me. So, yeah, those are some of my favorites. I have a lot. Oh, so, yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. I, I like that. I like that because it's just I like how you ended on the Love Jones because you're kind of doing something similar so you're not out there performing it but it's watching what you're doing have you ever thought about being in one of your plays absolutely not i know you absolutely not why not nobody why wants not? to see me act nobody i'm i'm a very introverted person like i can turn it on like i said i used to do slam poetry um but that's about as much as i would do in terms of performance i'd much rather write it and let somebody else do the performing yeah I, but I'm saying you. This is a, we got a million viewers over here, so you're gonna they gonna see your face. So <laughs> you might I as mean, well. I mean, they can see it. They can see it. But this is this is about as much as they're gonna see. <laughs> Trust me, they don't want to see. I've um, I actually, I tried to do sort of like in in front of the camera stuff, and I was not very good at it. Like, I'm gonna show my age. I already told you my age, 
but on BET, there used to be a show called Teen Summit. Um, oh my gosh, I'm so old. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so I'm sorry. You're I'm... so young. Oh my god. <laughs> there's there's a show called Teen Summit. I was 17, which would mean that was in 98. 99. 98, yeah. 90, 98, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And it was one of those shows that was like an after school special. So, like, we were called the Posse. <laughs> it was like a group of teenagers, and we'd sit on the stage. It was a, it was a studio audience, and okay. we'd sit on the stage and we'd talk about different issues. So, it might be things like drugs or teen pregnancy or issues that are affecting teenagers. And they'd bring on like a celebrity guest. And we used to interview the celebrity or whatever. So like, I worked my butt off. Like I auditioned to get on that show and like got in front of everyone and did all my acting and did enough to get on the show. Then I got on the show and froze. Like I was terrible. Like and it was a live show. I would miss my cues. Like, you know what I mean? And uh... like at the end of the show, the producers would be like, Randy, please. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But um, I realized then I was like, oh, like the in front of the camera is not for me. And I missed my cues so much that they started sending me on field shoots where you could re-record. You know what I mean? It wasn't live. Mm. So it was like, well, you know, she gonna make mistakes. So we could just reshoot it anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a lot of fun. Well, I'm saying, it was a lot of fun. But honestly, you never know because you just started doing plays where at first you thought you weren't good at it. You never know what can change. You know, you could try again and you might be really good. You never know. Let me tell you, I would believe you if, if when I did the show in Virginia, the 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 actress who performed my piece, her name is Rita Cole. Um, you look at her look her up on Instagram, everybody follow her, she's amazing. Why she's not like the biggest, most famous actress in the world is beyond me right now. Her name is Rita Cole and she performed my piece and she took it and she took my words and like upped it, just kept upping it, upping it, upping it. She knew, you know, just like where to insert the pauses and where to wait for effects and where to like milk the humor. You know what I mean? She knew how to do it. It was just so genius. I'm like, that's an actress. That's not me. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you see somebody like that, you're like, yeah, that's not my calling. I'll write it. You can act it. You know? Yeah. Wow. What if, no, that's cool. What I, about you? Would you ask? Yeah, I'll definitely act. I would definitely be in acting. Um, I'm doing this podcast now just to kind of build confidence of talking in front of the screen and also like improv. And so like we're talking, I had my notes, but like while you talk, I'm trying to react to you instead of, because I looked at it one time, but I'm not trying to stay on there. So kind of like react to what you're doing. Cause that's what actors do. They read the script. Yeah. Like you said, they have those pauses. The person says something some way they have to, they could read it right off or change it up, you know, for that scene. So I would definitely, I would definitely, it's going to be down the line. It's not going to be tomorrow, but yeah, I would definitely. Mm -hmm. yeah. I could see it. Yeah. I could see you acting. Because yeah, I, I, I was thinking about, you was talking about like short plays, how you didn't like it. I mean, not, I mean, short, what is it called? Short films. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I was thinking about actually recording a short film, yeah. being the actor in it and stuff, but you know, it's going to take time because I know I got to get all the angles right, the acting and you know, I'm, I'm going to get there, but it's one, one thing at a time. But I think, you know, like with, with, like putting together a short film. Like I know I think about my film school days and like, you just have to like, just go do it and you'll figure it out. You know what I mean? I mean, yes, you prepare, but I think when you first start doing it, it's just like, just go shoot it. You know, I definitely know that like, it's good to, 
um, like when I, when I was in film school, I remember they would have us teach, they would have us take editing classes before actually shooting. So you take an editing class first, you learn how to edit. The reason being is that once you edit, it trains your brain to know what to shoot so that you don't go out and just shoot a bunch of footage that you can't use. You know what I mean? But if you edit first, you, it trains your brain to be like, oh, I need a close up. I need to get close ups or I need to get an establishing shot or I need to get you know, a medium shot or I need to get an over the shoulder. Like it trains your brain to know what to look for. So like, that's a good thing. Um, do, oh, look at me remembering stuff from film school. <laughs> no, that's good. Because no, the funny thing you say that that's exactly right. Because, you know, I edit a bunch of reels yeah. on my um, socials. But you have to think about, like, you're not going to get that shot until you think about how the edit's going to yeah. look or how the transition's going to look. So I know I want this shot. I know I want to move it here. I know where to move the camera and yeah. everything so I can get that shot. So yeah, you're right about that. So I got the editing down. So now I just got to record. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to try to find, I have... um. Oh, maybe you could tell me this. I have to find um, some place that can convert my footage. Like I have old, um, I feel old, oh, Javon. I have VHS tapes. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I have old VHS tapes um, of, of um, projects that I shot back in school that I want to get converted. Yeah. So I want to go back and look at them and see and see what they look like. You have to help Ooh. me with that. You have to like, you're like, what's on VHS? What do you mean? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I know, I know what, I know what that is. I remember they had like a recorder where you can record it onto disc, yeah. but now la laptops don't come with disc, yeah. so it's just like I don't know if they have VHS <laughs> to computer. <laughs> I have no idea. I, oof, that's gonna. I'm gonna have to find I do some. Place. I do, yeah, I'm gonna look on eBay and see if like something you can buy, but I don't know if you could. I, I, I yeah, I think the I think the farthest you'll get is to get it on DVD. That on DVD you burn it, but you gotta find. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. Yeah, oof. Long time ago. All right, I think I had. Yeah, long time. I think I had one more question. Let me. I must cheat right now. Hold up. Wait a minute. Right. I'm gonna cheat. Okay. All right. That's it. Nope. That's it. All right. So one one more question. Then we're not gonna talk about plays or anything. This is just something totally random. Okay. You, you you're you're writing a play right you can write any kind of play but they said you could fly it's going to be overseas which uh which country would you uh, want to want that play to perform it well i got to tell you off you're writing a play they're telling you this play is going to perform in blank country what country would that be what country would you want it to be it would depend on the play it would depend on the nature of the play that i wrote but my we'll first, figure it out my what'd you say I said, figure it out. This, is, this first, is your imagination. My first, um, as soon as she said it, was London. Um, only because London has, like, a really beautiful theater scene there. So I just, the honor of being able to perform, like, in London's West End would be, like, a, is like a dream of mine. But then my also, my, my thought is my stuff is very, is, like, unapologetically Black. It's very, you know. So I think about, like, bringing... I think about like South Africa or Ghana or something like that. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Depending on the nature of the play, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love it. I love it. No, because I definitely I watched the play. I watched which one? I don't remember the name. I remember I want the one with the horses. I, I dread. Mm -hmm. I, Wild I horses. saw that one. Yeah. Wild horses. You did one recently on your Instagram. Rope. I don't Is remember the, the, the short name. Ones I'm sorry. That's on there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, yeah, I saw both of those. I enjoy both of them. I think both of them are very good. I want to see more. Where can they see more of your plays? Um, well, if you look on my IG page, I have links to 
um, links to those shows. Um, I have a couple that will eventually get uploaded. I'm just actually waiting for the theaters to upload them themselves. And then I'll put those links up. And then um, my the play Wild Horses, if you want to read it, in a couple of months, it'll be published in a literary journal called Obsidian. Um, Obsidian, African arts, African literature in the African diaspora. I totally butchered that. But something along yeah, okay. Obsi it's Obs the Obsidian Journal. If you type in Obsidian, okay. you'll be able to find it. But I I'll put all that on my IG page. Okay. And I really enjoyed Wild Horses. Where did I go? Uh-oh. Can you see me? No, I can't see your beautiful face. Like, okay, yeah, my phone. <laughs> yeah, no, my phone, my phone done messed up on me. Yeah, but Wild Horses, I really enjoyed. The minute I, because we pretty much communicated back and forth, but when I saw Wild Horses, I was like, wait a minute. I didn't know you did plays. Okay. And then I was just like, this is amazing, because I'm sitting here laughing at it multiple times, and I'm like, wow, we, there's so much talent hidden that, you know, you didn't really um, express, but then I realized right now, like, you really just started recently. So, but yeah, that was that was definitely an amazing play. So definitely keep it up. So Brandy, thank you for joining the show. Um, tell people where to find you. If any last things you want to tell to our woman out here, you, you have an open floor. All I'm gonna say is, I mean, definitely like, you want to follow me on Instagram. I feel so, I feel like an old lady. Like, I feel like whenever I say that, I'm like, <laughs> I feel corny saying that, follow me on Instagram. But if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's uh, BV the creative. Um, I mean, it's mostly art stuff on there. It's mostly theater stuff if you're into theater. I definitely would like want to leave people um, thinking about theater, like being open to it. A lot of people aren't into theater or a lot of people think it's not affordable. Um, it's too expensive or they think it's stuffy or they think I've heard people saying oh, that's for white people. I've heard people say that, like open your mind and like check out different plays if you're not in an area that has a really robust theater scene there's definitely some kind of a community theater scene don't sleep on that you know just be open to you know checking out that art form i think it's beautiful i think there's something really beautiful about watching people perform in real time in front of you that's what i love about theater it's happening directly in front of you in real time i think that's just really 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 cool so i would encourage people to just try out theater um, look up sites like Today Ticks if you want to get discounts because I am like, I don't pay full price for theater. <laughs> I'm like, go to Today Ticks and get your discount tickets. They've got tickets all over the country. Um, really great seats. I've never had a bad experience. And I just say like, especially as somebody who's 42 years old, who's trying new things and entering like this new phase we live at a time that like everything is so youth focused. You know what I mean? It's like, if you didn't accomplish it by the time you're 30, you failed. If you don't do this by the time you're 40, you failed. F that. Live your life. Do what you want to do on your terms. It's never too late. Keep going. Don't quit. Who's to say what can happen for you? Like your life's not, oh, I feel like I'm just getting started. I feel like I'm just, I'm popping now. Like I'm more popping now at 42 than I was when I was 22. So I would just encourage people to just keep going, whatever it is that you want to do. Keep doing I it. I love it. I love it. Thanks again for joining. My name is Jalon Abrams. This is Brandy. I took and unknown and talented. We'll see you next week. And then it's going to be known and talented next podcast. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> All right. Thank you. All right. Bye. <laughs>